everyone. Welcome to Comedy History 101. We hope everyone is safe and well. We have a special two-part episode for you today on the history of the Texas Outlaw Comedians, which fostered the comedy of Bill Hicks and Sam Kennison. Today, on part one, we're going to dive into the history of the Bill Hicks origin story and how he came about at this legendary Texas comedy club. And before we jump into the episode, take some time to like, subscribe, comment on Comedy History 101, wherever you get your podcasts, Stitcher, iTunes, Last FM, etc. And we will actually read your comments on the air. And without further ado... Good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured the audience. Comedy History 101. Right now, we have uh, coming to the stage not only one of Houston's best comics, but one of the best comics you'll see anywhere in the country. He's been on the David Letterman Show. He's going to be on again real soon. Would you please welcome funny man, creative, original Bill Hicks. Thank you very much. Thank you. Welcome to the uh, first annual Houston Outlaw Comedy Special. I hope you're here to see the show. Not just waiting for traffic to die down before you finish that trek to the suburbs. Houston comics have learned to love Houston. We learned to love it because we travel all over the country. We've been to places like Oklahoma. You learn to appreciate Houston after you've been to Oklahoma. You learn to appreciate things you normally do. So what you heard there was a young Bill Hicks performing in Houston, Texas in 1985. And yes, you've tuned into another episode of Comedy History 101. Where we school you in comedy. I, of course, am a quarantine Harmon Leon. With me, of course, is a quarantine Scott Colonico. How are you, Scott? I'm wearing a mask, Harmon. Can you still hear me? Uh, yes, I can, oh, but okay. it sounds like you're just simply putting your hands <laughs> over the microphone. That's my, that's my newest mask. Yes, it works. It filters out all the COVID-19 particles. Ah, ah or it's a, a creative new filter you can find in GarageBand <laughs> called COVID-19. Or, or for those people working in the tech community out there, the end joke is that it sounds like a Jira card number. Ah, <laughs> and we laughed and laughed and laughed. But Scott... Would those working in the tech community laugh as much as, say, mid-80s Houston comedy fans laughing at a group called the Texas Outlaw Comics? I think they might. I mean, I think they might because, you know, it was kind of like the Wild West back there in the mid-80s in, in Houston where things were rolling and things were crazy. Actually, 19, that's interesting that you played that 1985 clip because that was literally the height of the boom in Houston, because like the very next year was when everything all just like, you know, kind of came came to a screeching halt there because of oil prices and stuff. Ah, so what you're saying in that era of the '80s was kind of similar to what three weeks ago <laughs> yeah. in 2020 exactly, was like. Exactly, everything was all crazy and wild. Come to a scratching hole. You could yeah. actually go to the bar and order a drink. Look at me. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. You could go down to Skinny Dennis and dance to a honky tonk <laughs> oh, band go to live the Brian, in person. I'm in the Brian Jonestown bar in Berlin. <laughs> play a song and, and play some Berlin things for me. Yeah. So, yeah. but it was it was pretty crazy. I mean, cause I think that's the thing that that you, you don't people don't really get because like because Houston was <laughs> always kind of like kind of wild. Uh, I'm speaking as a uh, somebody who grew up in Houston, Houstonian. Houstonian who grew up in Houston at the time. It was just like you know because oil was on a boom and everybody was making a lot right. of money. It was a Reagan years, and so people had a lot of money to throw around. And this was a time. This was this was the comedy boom, you know. Yeah, so Scott, uh, when you hear the the word or title Texas Outlaw Comics, what comes to mind then? Well, the first thing that I'm going to think of would be Sam Kinison, but as I think we'll show on in mm. this in this podcast, he's actually yeah. not the founder of the te- Texas Outlaws. Yeah, so um, I guess to bring everyone up to speed, which we do because we are the host of this podcast and we are here to provide information yes. on the history of comedy. Um, the Texas Outlaw Comics were, were a group of comedians that were formed at the Comedy Workshop, a comedy club in Houston, uh, you know, roughly around the mid-80s. And it consists of the most famous people uh, that were members of the Texas Outlaw Comics uh, were uh, Sam Kennison and Bill Hicks, who, Scott, yes, I'll go on to say, are... Comedy legends. Yeah, they're pretty big. Yeah, pretty good. But it also featured a lot of other guys who continued to perform comedy for a long time. Um, Steve Epstein was actually the kind of founder, the guy who uh, actually mm-hmm. he, he actually tr- trademarked the name Texas uh, Comedy Outlaws, <laughs> Texas Outlaw Comics. Excuse me. He actually trademarked that name. We'll get into that a little bit later. But there are other. Yeah, uh, I, I I know where you're going with that. There one. are other yeah. guys. I'm just going to name everybody who was in there. There was ever other other comedians. Uh, there was Carl, Carl Lebove, Riley Barber, uh, Dan Merriman, a guy named John Farnetti, uh, and another gentleman by the name of Jim, Jimmy Pineapple. And these guys all had their own kind of different backgrounds and, um, you know, and styles of comedy. But they were thrown together at this one time in the uh, mid to late 80s at a place called the Comedy Workshop in Houston, Texas. Yeah, most particularly, though, um, I thought these were two different comedy clubs, but it was the Comedy Annex, which was, you know, a smaller room at the at the Comedy Workshop. Am I correct on I'm that I'm not one? really quite sure how that worked. Maybe it was like the big room and the small room in the um, – mm-hmm comedy store i'm not really sure yeah i thought they just i think they just had one room though yeah so but yeah i mean i thought it was two separate clubs but then i did some google and said the comedy annex was part of the, the comedy workshop yeah i think it was so just I, yeah. I think it was like a room off from the main room you know much like you have at say the Velveeta room in austin they yeah. have esther's follies and then they had the Velveeta room so you know and the, like the comedy store you have the main room, and then you have like the belly room. Yeah, yeah. So, no, I think it's know. like a lot of clubs like that. Like another one is like uh, now called Cap City Comedy, but this is like where where these guys used to play in Austin was called Laugh Stop. There's one in Houston too, and there was like the main room, and then you had like a little smaller room. Yeah. So essentially, this was like a, a, the original members uh, of of the Texas Outlaw Comics. There were six of them. Uh, original members, and they were kind of just a group of Houston comedians that formed kind of an incubator of like-minded comedy. And it's and it's really strange. Like, I saw one of these very, very early clips of Bill Hicks, 
And in a way and in style, uh, you know, he's doing like a bitter breakup type story. And he kind of had like a Sam Kennison-esque in his uh, delivery. And, you know, not to say, well, you know, as Picasso said, uh, you know, stealing from one source is plagiarism. Stealing from many is originality. Right. So, you know, again, it was like an incubator of like-minded comedians that, that, that formed together. And, you know, in that incubator was, you know, both Bill Hicks and Sam Kennison. Did y'all pay to get in here? Because I do not believe you should pay for anything in the world whatsoever. I believe the price of life is death and we will all pay that in full. Everything else should be a gift. Everything should be a gift. I would like someone to explain to me how it is that my parents fucked one day and suddenly I'm getting phone bills. How does that work? My parents fuck, I pay rent. Excuse me? Yeah, I mean, they, they, they were all um, kind of together at that one particular moment in history, which I think makes it really re- re- interesting. I mean, you had different guys. I mean, there was, um, I know, for, for, for example, John Fernetti, who was one of the outlaw comics, was a lawyer. He yeah, was, he was, also a lawyer, yep. Yeah, he was a lawyer. Yeah, I was just about to say and that. And he was yep. a lawyer, and he was married, and he had a kid. He had, like, a two-year-old kid. So he was kind of weird. I mean, not, not weird, just di- no, different than your normal, you know, 20-something, whatever comedian. Are you saying no, that hey? outlaw? Laws can't just, have kids. I just, I just. Uh, Are they lone rangers? I just, I just corrected myself. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then you had um, uh, the other guys, like Ron Shock, who was one of the other, uh, the other outlaw. He, he didn't start till he was. And 40. I, I believe he's still. Yeah, yeah. Ron Shock, I believe, is still performing to this day. I um, saw him no, performing. Uh, no, no, he's not. Uh, well, he. Oh. yeah, he's he's performing. He's performing elsewhere, Harmon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, but I did see Ron Schock uh, perform in San Francisco, and he was like a storyteller. Comedian. Yeah, he was like a story. Also, yeah. also a crazy interesting guy because his background included being a jewel thief, a car thief, doing a stint in prison, but also being uh, like on the board of directors of a Fortune 500 company. Yeah, that was, it was, it was <laughs> pretty pretty interesting background. Yeah, so, yeah, so again, if you're a storyteller comedian and that's your background, you kind of got some stories to tell. He, he told some stories. His, his big thing was he would kind of, um, he would read a lot of stories out of the newspaper, but he would find these really ridiculous stories in the newspaper, like little one like one-paragraph stories or something, and then just elaborate on them. So that was like of, a Mort Saul type thing. Exactly, yeah, but it was like, like more of like a down homey Mort Saul because he was from he was from the South somewhere. I can't remember exactly. I don't know if he was native Texan mm-hmm. or not, but he had like you know a pretty nice Southern accent and just a drawl, right. just the way he would tell the stories. Like you said, a storyteller, just you know he would he would have his own pace. And like that was kind of one of his big acts. He would kind of pull up uh, these newspaper clippings mm-hmm. and kind of uh, construct a story around them. Yeah, so founder uh, of, of the Texas Outlaw Comedian, Steve Epstein, said, uh, just kind of given the ethos of the group, was we're looking for people who speak their minds, whose comedy comes from themselves, the people who aren't interested in selling out. Right, yeah. They, want, they, were like, they, were, they wanted everybody to hang out with them as long as you had your own original voice. Yeah, and, and again, if you follow, I, you know, we'll do two separate uh, podcasts on this on, you know, just generally the history of Bill Hicks and the history of Sam Kennison. But firmly, both Bill Hicks and Sam Kennison, you know, found their true comedic voices by being members of the Texas Outlaw Comedians. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would not, I would not argue with that.
So, and let's give, um, and again, we'll do a completely separate uh, podcast on that, but I'll give like a brief little history of, you know, Bill Hicks and how he came to, you know, being at the comedy workshop. So Hicks grew up in Houston in the 1970s. Uh, This is something I found out today. His dad was an executive at uh, General Motors. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, his dad was kind of like a uh, white-collar guy, and he grew up kind of, he says the suburbs, but he grew up in the suburbs in Houston in the 70s where suburbs were, um, let's put it this way, they could ride their bikes to the comedy club, so it wasn't that far away. Oh, really? But, okay, so they didn't ride their bikes to the comedy club because... um, uh, Bill Hicks grew up with another comedian, Dwight Slade. They were, uh, they were kind of suburban buddies together, and they both, as teenagers, started doing stand-up comedy, I believe when they were, like, 14. Yeah, they would ride their bikes to the No, club. no, 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 their buddy would really... come pick them up. They would, ju- they would sneak out of their houses, and when the comedy and workshop sometimes... opened... Um, they started like sneaking out on school nights so they could do uh, open mic in downtown Houston. I'll tell you my school career in a nutshell. Third grade, teacher leaves the room for five minutes. Some guy starts throwing around a pair of scissors playing keep away, you know? That's a lot of fun. They come to me, I throw them, they go in some guy's eyes and blind him for life. But sometimes they would ride their bikes there. I mean, they were that they were that close, quote close, unquote. Yeah. Then why do they have to have their buddy come pick them up? <laughs> well, sometimes they would do that too. I mean, like if if he, I don't know, I guess he wasn't around. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't. I I think there we're we're talking about five to ten miles. Oh, okay. Which on a bike is nothing, yeah. you know. It's not like because I so I grew up in I grew up when I would say the real suburbs mm-hmm. of of Houston where that was like a good. 20 miles away mm. from the city. And that's not something you could ride your bike. And just uh, size-wise, is Houston bigger than uh, Dallas or, or vice versa? It, Houston was like the third or fourth largest city in the United States. And I think just land spread out. Houston's just really, really spread out. But the odd, the odd right. thing is all the places that we're ta- we'll be talking about in this podcast, mm-hmm. um, in this episode, like his where he grew up, the downtown where they lived, the Houston House Apartments, and the comedy club and the comedy workshop—they're all "quote unquote." I'll keep, I'll keep using that "quote unquote" fairly close sure. in Texas terms. Yeah. You know, they they were all within like kind of the downtown area of Houston, so like really not that not nothing you could walk, uh-huh. but nothing that was it was probably wasn't more than a um you know it was like it was like a a Texas mile Houston. <laughs> Texas Everything's mile. bigger, yeah, big, bigger in Texas. It was a Texas Everything's bigger mile. in Texas, man. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, you I mean, just put on your all... cowboy boots and mosey on over to the comedy club. <laughs> mosey on down to the corral. And watch out, partner. <laughs> and sign up to do your five minutes of open mic comedy. <laughs> Yeehaw. Yeah, I mean, if they... If if they had a car from where he where he grew up to the comedy you know comedy clubs was like you know if you had a car it's like a under twenty minute drive and with a bike you know maybe what an hour so you know when you're a yeah kid, but most particularly that comedy up. club was the comedy workshop and again that was uh, suddenly opened up uh, you know at a time when there wasn't any other comedy clubs like uh, uh, Bill Hicks and Dwight Slade they would do like 
kind of comedy. They call it like guerrilla comedy. Like uh, at their high school, they would just like pop up and do like yeah. sketches for people. Pop up, pop up comedy, dude. In their hipster food truck. Yeah, <laughs> this is before the hipster <laughs> food truck. Um, so they started like sneaking out of uh, like their houses to do open mic when they're sixteen, and they were like a double act. So right. uh, yeah. Uh, but then Dwight Slade's uh, family moved to uh, Oregon. And that also, like, Dwight Slade's dad was an executive at uh, Shell Oil. So it's like, yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of like in the upscale, uh, uh, you don't call it suburbs, but, you know, um, yeah, kind of area. Though they said it was uh, Well, let's see. I, 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 think, I, I think I might know somebody else whose dad was an executive at Shell Oil, but we, were, we weren't in the good suburbs. <laughs> you mean what has two thumbs and hosts a comedy podcast? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. but what was really funny is like when uh, – so, so his buddy Dwight Slade moved away, and that's when uh, – I think Hicks just sort of not really quit comedy, but he got more into like doing uh, music. Then stand up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and Dwight and Dwight moved away, and like he's still doing comedy. You know, he's still. Kind I, of, I've done uh, shows with him in San yeah. Francisco. Uh, uh, yeah, how was how was? It was it? all right. You know, nice guy. Nice yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. You, you've seen you've seen the uh, documentary American, the Bill Hicks story, or. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so he's so. a big figure, talking head in in, in that uh, documentary. Mm-hmm. Though style wise, uh, it's it's a little dated. Because it's that style mm. of taking still photos and making them 3D. You know, that was kind of big oh, yeah, for in the early 2010s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, but, you know, good documentary. It was like good comedy stories. Oh, yeah, it was good. It was good. And it was, and it was interesting that it was done by two British guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because Bill Hicks <laughs> was bigger in the UK than he was in the United States. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so anyways, um, when uh, – so – Hicks uh, finally decided to go solo with his stand-up. He moved to L.A., and him and Dwight Slade were roommates, and they started writing, like, screenplays together. And that's kind of where Hicks sort of got his comedy chops, you know? He was, like, 22, and he already had, like, seven years of comedy under his belt. You know, kind of, again, like, stories we've told here on Comedy History 101 of, like, you know, Eddie Murphy, you know, just doing the comedy rooms around the boroughs when he was, like you know, 17 and, you know, say with like, you know, say Dave Chappelle, you know, just these crazy teenage comics that, you know, when, by the time they were 22, they already had like, you know, almost a decade under, you know, of comedy. Yeah. Well, we've got, we've got that clip and we'll put it on the, uh, on the uh, website, comedyhistory101.com is, uh, it's, it's uh, Hicks getting interviewed by a Houston news crew. I think he's 23 in the clip mm-hmm. and there, he's already, he's already been on David Letterman a couple of times and I actually went on stage at a church talent show at church camp when I was 13 years old and did Richard Pryor material. <laughs> yeah, I was demon-possessed in their eyes. But I started off then, and then I was interested in comedy real early on, and um, this is like 1977, I guess, 76. And then uh, the club started popping up all over the country because I remember watching as a kid, watching comics on Carson, and that's when he started having them on like every week and then every night. Why do they start popping up all over the country? Well, I think it's because my own opinion is comedy is the last bastion of free speech. You get to see on stage at a comedy club someone calling a spade a spade, not any network censorship. 
you know, and this is when it's good. I'm not saying it's all like that by any stretch of the imagination. You get your share of hacks, of course, in any booming business, you're going to get the, the leeches and bootlickers, you know. But uh, for me, it is something you go to see where you see you can't see anywhere else. Not even when you see a comic on television can you see a re uh, him really do his stuff. You don't ever see Richard Pryor on network TV doing his stand-up act. Now, if you come into a club, you can see a guy, no holds barred, doing anything, you know, and, and a lot of people abuse that and they do old dirty jokes or the people come to see dirty jokes. I don't really believe that, but when it's good, you get to see people, uh, freedom of speech, different ideas, different opinions, and done humorously. So when Hicks was living in L.A., getting his chops, cutting his chops at the comedy store, he was kind of like considered like the, the clean cut comic. He was like the kid clean cut comic. His, his material was about like his family and growing up in suburbia, you know, so, uh, but what really kind of was a game changer was uh, uh, Bill Hicks and Dwight Slade, they wrote a screenplay, and then they got the interest of a William Morris agent who said, I like it, but uh, I think you should work on it, and, and they didn't sell the screenplay, so Bill Hicks just went and he moved back to Houston. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, I mean, we'll, we'll get into this more into the... Um when we do the actual Bill Hicks podcast. Well, you can get into it now, and then we can problem. just, like... Uh, but, what was, but what was... Because I'd never heard about that. What was the... Because we'll post... Again, we'll uh, insert clip here, or we'll put it on the website. That uh, that sitcom, that weird sitcom with Jeff Altman uh -huh. the, about the uh, Banana Republic. No, no, no. You put it in the document. What was that? Did you watch any of that? No, no, that no. Burka? Uh, who, who was in yeah, that? Dude, you... Bill Hicks, dude. You, dude, you put it in the document. Like, I'd never heard about oh, it. Oh, no, no, I didn't see. I must Did have you? something random, but I didn't. Yeah, no. Tell me tell me about that. So Bill Hicks was on a sitcom with Jeff Altman? Yeah, so this must have been. It's from 1982. Let me oh, find. Wow. Let me, what was the name of it, dude? Yeah, what was. You didn't watch no, this? No, no, no. I've never even heard of it. That, yeah. Oh, Boba. Boba. Did you see? So did you watch any of that? I don't know. It was as good as Korean chips. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Well, this is, it was. It it was a it was a sitcom. Let's see, I don't know you you can edit around. Yeah, this, sure. But it was a sitcom about this fictitious, um, like Banana Republic, mm -hmm. you know, in the Caribbean. And Bill Hicks played a um, a marine, a marine guard. It's from 1981. Oh, so it must have been like, right when he moved, yeah. right when he moved out to L.A. And he was he so I mean that's kind of mm -hmm. doing okay. He got into this pilot that didn't get made into a to a series but you know jeff altman was on there and i don't think that i'd recognize anybody else on there but it's called bulba it's on youtube oh, wow. okay yeah so scott so um bill hicks he was a bit delusional delusioned about uh la and the stand-up life out there he moves back to houston what happens comes back to houston starts uh, going back to the comedy, well, for a while he wanted to live the straight and narrow path, so he decided to start going to school, to uh, university, and uh, he was uh, living with a young, young woman at the time. They were dating, and then he wound up moving in with her and her parents, like in kind of becoming buddies with her parents uh -huh. too. And he was he was trying to do the. Um, going to school, going to uh, University of Houston, and doing that whole thing. And then just at one point, he said the story was that at one point the com uh, the company workshop called him up and they were like, hey, uh, somebody dropped out. Can you can you come and sub for us, for them? And he was like, yeah, okay, I'll be there. He's like, yeah, college done. 
And he's like, yep, I never went back. Holy shit. So he was like sort of like a drug addict where the drug is comedy. Uh, Quit. Did he completely quit comedy at that point? Yeah, he just stopped. He just stopped. He stopped. He 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 wanted to be like straight, normal dude. Right. He'd actually talked about being being a preacher. You oh know? wow! Which brings us, uh, yeah. which is ironic and uh, parallel to uh, the next comic, the next outlaw we talk about, Sam Kennison. Oh, yeah. yeah, but anyways, uh, so what was a big game changer was uh, not only did he really find his voice, and what found his voice was a little thing called. Psychedelics. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what you talking about, uh, Bill or Bill Sam or both? Bill, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and again, it's like they both have kind of parallel lives where you know, Bill Hicks had his first drink when uh, he came back and started performing again at the comedy workshop. You know, the story was uh, he never drank before, and I think he goes yeah. to one of the fellow uh, Texas comedy outlaws, like. What what's a drink that people normally drink? And he says, uh, margarita. <laughs> and then so Bill went to the bar. He says, I'll have seven margaritas. <laughs> and and he downs all of them. And then when he went on stage, he kind of metamorphosed, like all kind of his bitterness and angry and edge started coming out on stage. You know, kind of in a, there's also like a parallel to uh, the the Richard Pryor origin story. Where, you know, Richard Pryor was also a clean-cut comedian, you know, Mm -hmm. opened up in Las Vegas. And then just had an epiphany on stage that, uh, and quit comedy and moved to Oakland. And, you know, started hanging out with the Black Panthers. And that kind of, uh, you know, shaped it into the modern Richard Pryor that we know of. And this was also, you know, coming back to Houston and kind of started doing mushrooms and... uh, and, and we're not condoning heavy drinking, but it was like sort of the drinking and the mushrooms kind of unleashed kind of the bitterness and edge and angriness that was uh, underneath, uh, you know, his former clean cut uh, persona. Yeah, I mean, I think the same to, to bring that point up is it's kind of the same thing with Sam Kinison because even his brother said the same thing. It's like like Sam was just, he would just like go to the the club and and chug Pepsi's mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden at twenty five he was a preacher. Yeah. yeah, and then and then all of a sudden he was yeah. you know he was doing comedy and then all of a sudden he was like all right well, let me have some beers and then oh let me have some pot oh let me have some of that cocaine you know yeah. then they start getting into it. So that's a good jumping off point, and we'll return next week with part two of the Texas Outlaw Comedians with the Sam Kennison origin story. Woo! And with that, it's time to plug away. Scott, oh, what, thank what, you. what hey, events whoa, whoa, that are whoa. you doing from your home that you would like to <laughs> from plug? From my home? Well, not from my home as much, but uh, as people here have been listening to, uh, uh, I wrote and directed a movie. Harmon also co-wrote it with me and produced a movie, a short documentary called Betrayal, which was going to be premiering at the Tribeca Film Festival this month, but it also is going to be premiering at the Tribeca Film Festival this month. They're going to be doing a special online screening. So head over to the Tribeca Film Festival. It's TribecaFilm.com site to find out more. I believe that's going to be in about two weeks. I think it's going to be oh, on, really? the 12th okay. or 13th, on the 14th. Yeah, so you guys can check that out. You know, I don't know if they're going to do sell tickets or online tickets. I don't know that quite how that's going to work. But please go over there and check it out. <laughs> and then, as always, yeah. as always, 
I don't even know how that's going to work, dude. Who knows how anything? No, what, I was laughing, Scott. Like uh, they should do the uh, Tribeca Film Festival via Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> so it's now we. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for betrayal. <laughs> <laughs> we should make we should make that movie, dude. Wait, what's oh that God, tint to the screen? <laughs> <laughs> Just to clue you in, we had an incident lately with the live stream of our comedy show Jokiyoki, where some trolls pinned some pornography to our main screen, which we could not take down. So. Beware of the trolls. And then also, as always, Harm and I do another podcast called This is the President, where we delve into all things historical with current U.S. presidents, past and present, from Trump to FDR, all the way back to as far as you want to go. Well, not yet, but as long as they have audio clips, we'll play them. Also, we have a brand spanking new YouTube channel uh, called This is the President. Head over there. Go check it out. We'll do a podcast. We'll put up a video. You can check it out. Watch some videos. It looks great. Thanks. Yeah, here, here. And what I have the plug is also something that Scott is involved with. Next Wednesday, April 8th, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Scott and I will be putting on a show that we have toured around the world called Jokioki. Stand-up comedy, karaoke, and a three-round game show. We'll be doing it via Zoom or we'll be doing it via Twitch. We are hey, not going to give you the link because uh, no, we, we, we had, we had a secure. trolley incident that happened last time. But you know what? Our learning curve has gone up immensely, so that won't happen again. Oh, dear heavens. No, it's a fun show. Oh, uh, so Scott and I will be co-hosting it together. And it's like we said, we get like five of the funniest comedians in not only New York. Now we can get com- we got comedians from San Francisco and All Los Angeles. Um and you can join. Our listeners can join. Yeah, you. so I guess I'll put that link uh, or more information. Um, um, no, don't put the link. No, 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 no. You don't get no. the link. We can't trust you. <laughs> you might know a troll. So we'll, we'll put it on uh, Facebook.com slash TailNYC. Uh, we'll, you can get more information on that. But it'll be next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. So with that, thanks a lot for tuning in. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured the audience. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Comedy History 101.